0: Welcome, everyone, to the Stupid Sexy Podcast. Feels like I'm podcasting. Nothing at all. I'm Chris. That's Dan. And, Dan, what are we going to be reviewing on this episode? Well, we're doing The Simpsons, as usual. And it is episode 14
1: of season four. It originally aired on February 4th, 1993. It's entitled Brother from the Same
0: Planet. Now, I've mentioned this before. I've mentioned this on our last episode, in fact. But I remember this episode a lot growing up. I feel like this one was a very, very... I don't even know if I want to say it was overplayed. But I remember seeing this one a lot. Seeing it in a lot of commercials. It was a very common episode to pick up on in syndication. And I don't know why that was. Perhaps when we get to the trivia, we will... Discover a reason why, or... But I just remember a lot of this episode. So, we'll see about how much of a classic episode it is, how much does it hold up today. Let's review Brother from the Same Planet. Starting off with Bart writing on the chalkboard that the principal's toupee is not a frisbee. So, Skinner wears a toupee? Mm. I guess he does. And, of course, we get the uh, the cl- the couch gag. I think we've already seen this one before. But the uh, the classic secret agent trope, they get on the couch and it f- flips around. This actually was, like, within the last five, six episodes, it happened. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, the revolving wall couch gag. It is, uh, yeah, it's simple, but it is what it is. So... We are at a soccer game where Nelson, smoking a cigarette, kicks a ball at Bart's face. And Bart is like, block it, block it, block it. Gets hit in the head, but he blocks the goal. He's like, I blocked it. Nelson's like, and I hurt somebody. So, nice little bonding moment right there. And now, of course, in future episodes, it's established that Nelson's dad is completely absentee. But... When it comes to the Simpsons, if it's convenient for Nelson's dad to be around, he is there, and this is one of those moments because they're like, "Ah, oh, I don't know who to make the star player, but we're gonna say Nelson." He's like, "Ah, oh, thanks, Dad." The classic: the kids, the the coach's kid gets a special treatment, which I don't think when I played soccer, I don't remember if my coach's kid was on the team or not. But there was never any special treatment from anybody. It was just, it was literally just when it was game time, whoever was doing the best started, and whoever wasn't doing as good kind of sat in the back. But that wasn't really favoritism. That was actually, that's, you know, coaching. So after the game, Bart is sitting, waiting for his father to pick him up. And even turns down an R-rated movie sneak-in opportunity with Millhouse Lewis, and Richard. Because he, he's like, no, I promised my dad that I would I wait for him. And he does. And there goes Marge and Lisa out the door. They're like, hey, remember to pick up Bart. And he goes, I'm on my way. Turns out he's watching Wheel of Fortune and he's answering the clue. What'd you say, Marge? And then there's Bart waiting for his dad. So this is one of the classic things I always remembered about this episode. Yeah. Is it was Bart waiting for his dad to pick him up from the soccer game. And, like, the constant cuts backs to Homer failing to remember, even though there's a bunch of clues working in his favor. And uh, all the stuff that Bart's dealing with to go through, you know, the, the weather turns south, it's raining on him, the flying nun blows away and explodes. Which, or I guess that's a flying nun. I don't know what the reference that was supposed to be. That's what it looked like. Yeah, Homer's watching Wings in the Rumpus Room. <laughs> while all this is happening. And they do the Shining reference. Drag, puke, sib. Milhouse, we told you not to write on the wall. And it says, pick up Bart in the mirror. And Homer's like, "There's something I'm supposed to do, but I can't remember." As he's watching the retirement of Star Brian Bartlett Star, they're all chanting Bart, Bart. The dog barks Bart. Maggie burps Bart. Homer's like, "I can't concentrate," so he goes to take a bath. He's like, "There's something I'm supposed to do," and his brain goes, "Pick up Bart, pick up Bart, pick a bar." What the hell does that mean? And then he has the dream in the bathtub of him arriving on the soccer field and there's a skeleton of Bart complete with hair because we always that's how the Simpson skeletons work. The hair always connects. Except for Lisa's? No, they've done that with Lisa too.
1: But she's also been gotten her hair cut. Yes. And has
0: been completely bald, so Cartoon logic, yay. Although they've also done Marge skeletons where she's still got the hair. So, I mean... they, they... Wait, Even
1: though even though they've fully proved that it's all just hair up there. Yeah. Don't because ask...
0: of what, how, how she was depicted in high school. Yup. Don't blame me. I'm Don't ask me. I'm just hair. Your head stopped six inches ago. So, Homer panics and runs out the door naked. Dad, hide your shame. You just hear Flanders. Hey, homie, I can see your doodle. Shut up, Flanders. I think we all remember that line too, right? Yep. Yeah. That's another one that has stuck with me all these years. Shut up Flanders. So he picks up the boy who is rightfully furious because he was literally left out for hours in bad weather cuz his dad forgot him. And he's like, "You know, boy, let's uh let's just say that we're both wrong and we'll call it even, okay?" Here's some ice cream to make you to make you feel better. Hits a speed bump and now it's on his head. And Bart looks at Homer and envisions him as this horrible melting demon with the fires of hell all around him. How about a hug? So yeah, it was not a good night for Bart. Laying up in his room, watching TVs, watching uh, Tuesday Night Live which is a parody of Saturday Night Live, of course, because Krusty is hosting it, and he even mentions Lorne Michaels. When Lorne was like, ah, you want me to host this show? I was like, sure! <laughs> Nobody laughs. because theres He says, I don't remember the exact joke he says, but it doesn't land. And then he's just like, ugh, well, just tune in. We got some skits and stuff coming up. And that's when Bart sees the ad for the Bigger Brother Hotline. It's a program to reach out to kids who've lost their fathers. So Bart immediately takes advantage of it. It calls in and says, I have no father. Meanwhile, Krusty, poor Krusty, has got a <laughs> studio skit death right now. The Big Ear family. The Big Ear, yeah. Holy shit. Uh, I got some wax in my ears. I better clean them. Pulls out the giant Q-tip. Huh? This goes on for 12 more minutes. So, the next day at school, here comes this guy on a motorcycle. And he's like, which one of you is Bart Simpson? He's like, hey, I'm Tom. Let's ride. And takes off. And dumbass Martin who's supposed to be the smartest kid in the school, goes, wow, Bart's dad really cleaned himself up. (laughs) So while all this is happening, and Bart's out with his new pal, Tom, Marge is going over the phone bill and realizes it's over $300. There's a ton of calls all made to something called the Corey Hotline. And Homer's like, well, don't don't look at me. I didn't do it. And that's when she notices that Lisa's got a Corey poster on her door. So, of course, they got to have the heart-to-heart with her. She's like, you know, I know what it's like to be a young girl and have a crush. When I was your age, I had a crush on Bobby Sherman. And Lisa belly laughs at that. I mean, she laughs hard. And then she makes a promise to her family that I will never, ever. The, the promise she makes is that she's never going to bill them for another call, right? Mm-hmm. Which she technically keeps that promise, as we'll, as we'll observe later. And then she gets one more crack. <laughs> Bobby Sherman, and March does the growl. So, of course, it's time for Bart to bond with his new dad, Tom. He's like, so you haven't seen your dad in six years, huh? He's like, yeah, the guy bet our life savings on a single hand of blackjack. They're going into the ballpark to bond and everything. And, of course, they have this envision of Homer being this sleazy-looking guy playing cards, playing blackjack. Hit me. 20. Hit me. 21. Hit me. 22. Good job, Homer. But it's tomato day at the ballpark. Which is good, because a recruiter for the Springfield Communist Party is out there. And they just start hitting him with the tomatoes. To which he just goes, well, it's better than dark Day. You got Lisa back at Dr. Hibbert's office waiting for her eardrops to settle. And while she does, she dials the Corey hotline. Because there's a phone, and she just has to. So we're getting, we're getting a look at Lisa's addiction right now. And all the hotline is, is just some guy who's just talking, right? Here are things that rhyme with Corey. Story, gory, allegory, Montessori. Meanwhile, the news. <laughs> oh yeah, he just opens up a newspaper and just reads a boring-ass headline. Uh it's so funny. What's in the news today? That always made me wonder about some of those crappy 900 hotlines that you used to see the the ads for late at night. Like, you know, oh, you'll get connected to a bunch of girls at a sexy party. It's like, so you're literally just talking to a girl on the phone, and that's... I'm Bijou.
1: Bijou!
0: (laughs) (laughs) The Rocco's Modern Life one is still my favorite one, though, where he gets the job as the... uh, as a specialty phone operator and he's going oh baby oh baby oh baby and it turns out he's talking to his neighbor oh mrs big (laughs) head they got that onto a kid's show oh god you can find so many good adult jokes on those shows and speaking of tom and bart are watching ren and stimpy after they blast bart's quads (laughs) Because, of course, they I do. I literally watched a segment of Ren and Stimpy. Like, holy shit. Yeah, they had to, there's, there's trivia about getting permission and everything to use them. Because <clears throat> it looks... I know you can tell by the voices it's their own thing, but it, it damn well looks just like Ren and Stimpy, which makes me wonder if they got the actual animators to animate that in. <laughs> because that's pretty damn good. And Bart is... Bart's Bart's basically being a, getting a uh, getting a hookup here from Tom. He even gets to bring in a secret navy gun in for show and tell. It's a neurological disruptor, and he tests it on Martin and basically knocks him out. Is he going to be okay, Bart? Yeah, but don't give him any homework for a while. What do you have, Milhouse? I've got a horsey. Nay, nay. And then Nelson in the back. whoops! Lisa makes another call. This time in Grandpa's retirement home. Because he falls asleep telling her a story. And then she makes the call that gets her in big trouble. Because she's supposed to be organizing the Glee Club peanut brittle inventory. While Skinner slashes the budget. <laughs> hey, slashing everything. Ah, oh, music and arts. We don't need that and somehow skinner can tell that she just dialed a 900 number and he uh, finds her just kind of cowering in the corner on the phone meanwhile bart's out hang gliding with his buddy tom oh yeah the uh, the the catch is he's going out and he's like where are you going boy father son picnic he's like oh, have fun wait a minute And Homer, using binoculars, sees that Bart is hang gliding with Tom, which they're actually talking about. Bart's actually starting to feel bad about what he's doing, right? He's like, you know, there's probably a kid out there that could really use you. He's like, no, Bart, with your backstory, you need me the most. And that's when Homer decides to confront Bart about the bigger brother thing. And they do another movie parody because, of course, of course we do, right? Mm, yeah. There'll be trivia on that, of course. And Homer's like, you're not the only one that can exploit a non-profit agency. <laughs> and he goes in to sign up to be a bigger brother. So why do you want to be a, a big brother? Don't say revenge. Don't say revenge. Uh, revenge? Uh, that's it. I'm out of here. And the brain exits. I love the classic gag the running gag of Homer and his brain talking to one another and reasoning with one another. I mean, it's a whole Simpsons thing, but it's always the funniest with Homer. But it's okay
1: because it's literally written on the checklist of
0: acceptable answers. <laughs> yup. <laughs> uh, no, I think one of the best ones is still. <laughs> it's still. uh... Don't tell him you were at a bar. But what else is open this late? It's a pornography store. I was buying pornography. And Homer turns down every friggin' kid in the book because he's got a problem with all of them. That kid's too fat. That kid's got too many zits. That kid's too ugly. And that's when he sees little Pepe, the sweet little boy who needs a bigger brother. And he's like, I'll take him. He's like, son, your life is going to get better starting now. Puts him on his shoulders and then immediately clonks his head onto a pipe. So we've got Lisa... Being confronted in Skinner's office with Marge. Skinner's trying to go over all the ways to help. And uh, we get that great psycho reference. We're at the house overlooking the school. There's Mother oh, right yes, now. No. Oh, no, mother. mother. It's just school related. <laughs> I don't want to wear the sailor's outfit anymore. I think we should go. And the whole thing is, if Lisa can make it to midnight without calling, she'll beat it. So let's see if we can pull that off. Oh my god, and then Homer, when he actually goes to see Pepe's neighborhood, he sees the bum and the dumpster, and he giggles. <laughs> it's like Oscar the Crouch. Oh, freaking terrible. And then, of course, we've already had uh, Bart's exaggeration story, the Tom, and then Homer's got one of his own. I love you, son. Shh, get crammed. And Bart's like out like the leather jacket, smoking a cigarette, slaps his father. He sounds like a real bag egg, Papa Homer. I love that he's trying to show off the garage door opener to Pepe and it gets stuck. Why does it stop right there? Because it's a cheap piece of junk. See that Big Dipper constellation there? That's the cowboy. I love you, Papa Homer. I love you too, Pepsi. You remember all these lines, right? Like years later, you still remember all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. This is yeah, another. This is some great stuff in this episode.
1: <laughs> Forget- it's not really a feel-good episode until the end.
0: <laughs> yeah, not really. But uh... <laughs> I mean, it, it's kind of it's. This is an episode that's got really good humor disguising the uh, the very depressing themes that are going on here. And Lisa's sitting there struggling to make it to midnight, listening to all the noise, and Maggie's just playing on her toy telephone, and Lisa snaps at her. And then Marge discovers Lisa sitting at the kitchen table with the phone in her ear, and when she picks it up, she realizes she was dialing the time hotline. And she made it to midnight. Lisa beat her addiction. Remember remember the
1: time? That calling for the time thing?
0: At the sound of the beep, it will be... Yeah, if you you needed to know the time, there was a hotline for it. It probably still exists. The Homer and Pepe are bonding over an Itchy and Scratchy episode. Today's episode is called Kitty Kitty Bang Bang. Gee, I wonder where they got that title from. (laughs) They're bowling. And Itchy traps Scratchy's tongue in the bowling ball return machine, and then bowls a strike using a bomb. Of course, as the bomb's coming back, Scratchy panics and tries to saw his own tongue off, but the bomb explodes in his face. Two piles of his intestines land on the counter, to which Itchy sells them to hungry dogs, and Homer and Pepe laugh. Dear God. I love all that stuff. And then Bart can't find his skateboard, finds out that Homer gave gave it to Pepe, and he's like, "Yo, you know what? I faked all those fun times on the swing." And Homer Bart actually drives Homer to tears in this moment. Remember this, Dad? Higher, Dad! Higher, Dad! We! And Homer actually cr- runs off crying. And of course, it's bigger brother day at Marine World, which means they're both there. And who? We all know where this is heading, right? <laughs> Even if you know nothing else about the Simpsons, you all know we're heading towards the inevitable. The inevitable meetup. So, the best stuff is they're they're interacting with each other without realizing they're interacting with each other. Like, Tom is telling Bart that whales are actually mammals. And he's like, is that true, Homer? (laughs) No. Homer's... (laughs) I love Homer teasing the dolphin with the fish. And then it takes his hot dog from him. Yeah. (laughs) Stupid dolphin. And then, of course, the... uh, the attendants are wearing exaggerated dolphin costumes, because of course they are. And then he confronts Bart because he sees Bart's trying to hide from him, but of course he's hiding with behind an aquarium, so Homer sees him through the water. Cause that that's the whole thing about the Simpsons is they all their silhouettes were supposed to be recognizable, so you knew who they were. That's why they all have unique head designs. It's like Bart, you know better than to talk to strangers. You know, for your information, I'm the boy's father. Boy's father. You mean the drunken gambler? Well, that's right. And who might you be? And then they have the fight. Ah, there's a whole trivia piece about this we'll get to. The entire fight parody. But it's good. It's funny. It's ridiculous. Because Kent Brockman's reporting on the news, because it must be a super slow news day, that there's a giant lizard in the fight. 'Cause he's got frat boys as a source. Yeah, well what's what are their names? I P Freely? They do the, the trope where they fight into the Springfield Gorge and then out of it. Yes. They start <laughs> climbing out and they're like, What Yeah, they end up they end up on the street they end up in the China hut. Homer's just smashing plates out of just to smash them. And then the final punch is Tom lands a right hook and Homer falls backwards over a fire hydrant and you just hear his back crack and he just goes, this is even more painful than it looks. And that is, uh, and of course Bart's now apologetic because he didn't want his dad to get hurt. Not like that. And then the classic feel good moment at the end where Tom and Pepe are talking about Tom's like, you know, I've got this big house peppy's like i have nowhere to sleep i have no ride home i bought this big ham don't talk about that i'm so hungry and of course bart brings them together and then bart and homer bond again over how homer fights dirty remember that part where he screamed i'm a hemophiliac and then you punched him from behind yeah can you teach me how to fight dirty like that oh sure boy the trick is to scream like a girl, and then when he looks away in, in disgust, you kick him in the back, and then they giggle.
1: See, this is like an ongoing thing of, like, every season or so, something happens,
0: and he teaches him another dirty way to another fight. Another dirty way to fight, yeah. <clears throat> oh, God. All right, <laughs> so let's do some Brother from the Same Planet trivia, because there's quite a bit here there's a lot of references even if it's for 2 seconds. <laughs> exact, yeah, there really is. So, the part of Tom was originally written for Tom Cruise. That's who they wanted. But then Cruise's spokesperson informed the producers he not he was not going to be able to do the episode. So, they got they went with old reliable Phil Hartman. Mhm. And that's why Tom whose name is Tom, also pilots an F-14. That was a direct reference to Top Gun. So if you're wondering why that was in there, it's because Tom Cruise was supposed to be Tom. here's some interesting trivia, Dan. Did you know that the Corey character was based on actors Corey Feldman and Corey Haim, also known as the two Coreys? What? (laughs) Because everybody in the 90s knew who the Coreys were. They were they were the young, teen, heartthrob stars. Of course, uh, Corey Feldman was, of course, known for Stand By Me, Lost Boys, Goonies, Gremlins, all that stuff. And then uh, Corey Haim, who, wow, we're almost, uh, almost, oh no, we are, we're past 10 years ago since he passed away. Also Lost Boys, License to Drive, Lucas, Crank the High Voltage, like, yeah, there was a, uh, that's what they were known for, the there two were Corys. were two, two cute Corys at the same time in acting. Yep. And they did a bunch of stuff together, too. <clears throat> so, of course, we mentioned that Tuesday Night Live is a parody of Saturday Night Live. And the joke punchline had been established about how the Big Ear family goes on for 12 more minutes. This was John Vitti's way of criticizing SNL for having overlong sketches with the joke premises. The sequence originally had a longer version of the Tuesday Night Live band playing into the commercial break, but it was cut because Vitti, who was a writer on Saturday Night Live during the 85-86 season, did not want to come off as being bitter. Also, George Mayer and John Schwarzwelder also wrote for SNL during the same seasons. And then they all went to do The Simpsons. Alright, here's your Ren and Stimpy trivia. The producers contacted Nickelodeon to get authorization to use the characters. Nickelodeon was strict about what The Simpsons was allowed to do, and the producers were not allowed to have the savageness that they wanted. And the Ren and Stimpy animators offered to do the layouts for the episode. So they actually did get the animators. Peppy is based on the fictional character Dondi. From the Daily Comic Strip of the same name. However, I'm not familiar with that one, so. Uh, The principal toupee joke was a reference to a joke that was supposed to happen on The Simpsons, but Matt Groening dropped it. He wanted Skinner's hair to be a toupee, but then decided that was too cliche and dropped the idea entirely. Just before the end of Homer and Tom's fight, the animation as Tom gets ready to punch Homer is a reference to Street Fighter 2. I did not catch that. But that's really freaking funny. Yeah, it's like
1: the intro to Street Fighter 2. They they square off, they're about to punch,
0: and then the screen comes up. Uh, The Quiet Man inspired the end of the episode. And there were issues with the fight. They wanted the sound mix to be funny, but not horrifying. And they realized the more realistic the effects they used, the funnier the scene became. Works for me. (laughs) They thought that uh, Homer's backcrack on the fire hydrant, by using the tiniest realistic sound, believed it made it even more painful, and hilarious, which I actually agree with because that think that's what works, right? It's like you want to feel sympathy for him, but you're still laughing because it's such a ridiculous thing. According to the DVD commentary, almost everyone on the staff hated this episode to the point where James L. Brooks ordered then-upcoming showrunner David Mirkin to not make shit like this. Even though this is such a... Uh, remembered episode, it's funny to realize that the actual creators didn't care for it. I I find a lot of that stuff really interesting. But yes, there's uh, quite a lot going on with this episode. And that is Brother from the Same Planet. Uh, Final thoughts, Dan? A lot of great
1: memorable moments in lines.
0: Yeah, I think it's... uh, I think it's one we all remember. In the grand scheme of season four, though, I don't think it's a top-tier episode. But I like episodes that can take heavy, heavy topics, such as a program like this, which probably, I mean, programs like this do exist. You know, underprivileged kids and everything, trying to connect them with role models and things like that. And they take they take the heavier topic and they line it with so much humor that you can appreciate what the episode's doing and still have a good time while it's doing it. So I give it I do give it credit. Next time, here on the Stupid Sexy Podcast, we're gonna review an all time classic episode. I Love Lisa. The first starring role for Ralph Wiggum. And it is one of my favorites. It's got some of my favorite lines, some of my favorite running gags, and some of the best heartfelt moments on the show. So I am looking forward to reviewing... Now we're going to start getting into the classic Ralph lines. Oh, yes. And there are so many of them. We haven't had much so far, but... We are going to get a couple of good ones out of this one. Not all the best ones, but yeah, we're get, we're definitely going to get some good ones. And I'm looking forward to that. But that's next time. Check out all the great stuff on CKCC Radio. Go to patreon.com slash club for bonus content for only five bucks a month. Check out all the great shows, new episodes, and you can listen to Dan and I every week on the nerd table and the Pokecast, where we do the same thing we're doing with the Simpsons with the Pokemon anime series. So t- tune into all that stuff and we'll see you guys here next time for another stupid, sexy podcast. Feels like I'm podcasting.
1: Nothing at all.